All right, here we are. Whoa, Chris, 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 Chris. We have now finished Star Wars Rebels. We got through the whole thing, for better or for worse, and we have finished the last season of Star Wars Rebels. Season four episodes, what? Episodes nine through 15, I think. Nine through 15, yes. Thank you. See, see, like, look, you are the logistics person in this relationship. I just come with, the, I don't know what I come with, honestly. A I'm lot of here. enthusiasm, apparently. Because <laughs> apparently. there's way, way more energy than I thought you were going to have. <laughs> yeah, really? It's just like once, I, once, you know, the cameras turn on, the lights are on, I'm just like 100% ready to go. Yeah. Always, 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 except for not always. <laughs> except for ab about three episodes we've done. <laughs> I don't know why. The last three episodes, I think I've been really low energy. Yeah. Um, but I think, A, I literally, not literally, but like an hour ago just, or two hours ago, just finished watching these episodes. So they're all fresh on my mind. Um, I saved the last two on purpose for this morning so that I could prepare with the emotional weight of the show, the end of the show. And... I don't know what you think, Chris, but this is this is I'm going to think what I think and mm -hmm. let you to have your own opinions. But I think the end of this this season, I think, is a really it comes ends on a high for me. And I really like these episodes. So because I think the, for me, the quality has like just shot up and where I just watched it and we're obviously coming to an end. So I want to bring my A game. Here we are. I'm, I'm just like all for us. I'm on the roller coaster ride enjoyed my time wow yeah i mean when it comes to the to the to the show itself those are pretty good episodes but um no not to bring the energy down immediately but just like compared to other shows it was not as good but it's fine uh we're talking we're going to talk about it uh there are some really interesting things happening here and as as i want to do i have things i will criticize and burn it down and um we're just gonna we're just gonna mesh your enthusiasm and my cynicism together and it's gonna be great uh always bringing the energy down chris i that's know what you do. that's my job <laughs> <laughs> no but honestly yeah it's not perfect to these episodes um but i think it's it's in these episodes where you find a lot of the value of watching rebels honestly mm -hmm. and it answers a lot of questions a lot of things come back together and you can see now why I found it difficult to cut episodes in watching this season. So so with Rebels, we cut a lot of things that weren't unnecessary, largely. But when you look back at this these episodes, I was I'm of two minds. So on one mind, I was thinking to myself, Oh, if you literally just watch these episodes, then you have a good sense of Rebels. Like Rebels is like much better. Cause you just because with Rebels, I feel like um I don't want to get too far ahead of myself in terms of talking about the show itself. There are highs, high highs and low lows. And like these episodes in and of themselves, I think make a really good arc. And if you skipped everything ahead of this, I think you still would have been fine. I think the quality of this stuff is holds up really well. And it's actually bogged down by the lower quality of things happened earlier. But there's like little connections that they bring in and tie in to these like things that you just have no background with if you don't see all the episodes ahead of time. So um, it's like an interesting like dynamic there, I think, with regards to this block of television with regards to the entire show in and of itself, which we'll discuss later on in, in our podcast today. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, it, it does pay off a lot of things, uh, a lot of moments that do have quite an impact just, you know, because of the previous three and a half or three and a half seasons. And um, we've been with these characters for a long time now. So, you know, there are things about their dynamics, about the their characters themselves that are just, you know, we've been with them so for so long now. Obviously, when things happen, it's different. We are invested uh, to an extent anyway. We do see a lot of familiar faces again, which is, you know, always always a nice way to wrap things up i guess um and yeah a lot of a lot of things also connections to the wider to the wider star wars universe there were a few things that were very like harry potter 7 in a bad way like um the so i really like the first few episodes uh just i have nothing bad to say about them and oh for sure those uh, are like solid those are the best of the bunch the yeah. last two kind of fall off a little bit a little bit for sure and it's just like they they want us to care and they want us to be all excited for this finale and it's like yeah whatever i hate it hate it hate it the the, the epilogue uh not as much as that just made it sound but it's just like why this is cheesy oh you mean the sabine uh yeah it's like very voiceover? again harry potter 7 not as bad as, as the epilogue <laughs> in harry potter but uh kind of going that way also the um the stuff with the jedi temple and the portal reminded me of horcruxes just like this thing that we've never heard about and now it's suddenly there in the last part of this uh of this story that just i know i know we have all of these things about okay the empire is interested in lothal why 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 is that and now it's there and it's just like yeah but it is kind of like we talked last time that with the um with ezra's connection to all of the all of the wildlife i guess where it's been building up for a while and then it just was like we just didn't see it and now it's there again and it's kind of quote-unquote paid off but not really because they didn't do it well and it's kind of i feel the same way with the jedi temple a little bit I think the big difference between the Horcrux and the temple is that it it's not like co- it's not as consequential to everything that happens in terms of like yes <laughs> right that's what I'm saying like it's not it's not as strong as in Harry Potter but yeah, it, yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of that it was like oh suddenly there's this thing it's like what <laughs> and honestly there's two saving graces to that particular point one we get Ahsoka a little bit because of that so I'm like okay any, any vehicle to give me some more Ahsoka I'm gonna like be lenient with and I I love like the animation of the world between worlds and mm, the starry yeah. atmosphere with this clear path that they're walking through and I well, it's a note I guess on the animation in the second half of the season it's really took a step up and exploded in terms of quality oh, yeah. and the direction there's some beautiful scenes throughout from the beginning to the end of this um in terms of how they're constructed uh of this arc but yeah it reminded me a little bit of uh soul the ne- like yeah. the the netherworld of soul basically yeah we get a lot of as i said a lot of tidbits about the uh the greater star wars universe you can definitely tell in terms of the timeline it's getting really close to the beginning of episode four and uh really really close actually and we have also great little tidbits like the one that broke my heart is that the project name for the death star was stardust and everyone who's seen rogue one is now going to cry it's so well done and i love that integration between the 
Rogue One universe and Rebels and the original trilogy. It's all of these mm. things are coming together with the nexus point of in these episodes. And I think it's really, really integral, nicely done. And also, I really like this internal struggle between Grand Moff Tarkin and Grand Admiral Strawn. Yeah. It's this, a re- or Krennic, I guess, Krennic technically. Is, yeah. But Tarkin just takes it from Krennic. But this idea that all this bickering and these competing factions and honestly like that i think but also it's this show is not great at subtlety but this thing of comparing it to the death star actually i think is one of the good subtle things that they do by raising the stakes of the tie defender factory in and of itself mm. showing that this is a threat on par with the death star or close to it at least in the empire's eyes in terms of how key it is for the you know, control of the galaxy. So it's a very fascinating way to not only show more of what's going on within the Empire behind the scenes, but also add stakes to the show itself that we're watching. And say say what you will about about those plans, but the advantage of having the advanced TIE fighters is you can't just blow one thing up and then everything's gone, like with the Death Star, if you had if they had had the the enhanced TIE fighters, they would just have a lot of them. But honestly, a better plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess I, I get the appeal of a planet destroying super weapon. Honestly, like it just shows how Thrawn is just so much better than anyone in the Empire, probably. Yep. God, Thrawn is so good. <laughs> L- let's take it. Just take <laughs> a minute. Okay. Okay. And no, no, no. I have to take a minute now. I'm so sorry, but like, just <laughs> Thrawn. Are you kidding me? Like every single scene he's in, every single line he utters, the voice acting, like. He's such a good villain. Oh my god, where is this coming from? How how can they make good villain after good villain and also have such crappy like underling villains? It's so confusing to me. But he is uh Grand Admiral Thrawn like amazing. I'm so glad that at least we don't know, but hopefully he's coming back in the Ahsoka show. I mean, he must be. Yeah, he yeah, has they, to be, right? They, they but have like, been teasing it in the Mandalorian, so yeah, but there's no confirmation, right? So I can't like officially say. But if they don't, it'll be a huge disappointment. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. I love. I just like love the way he interacts with every single one of the characters that he in, has a face to face with. And you have this in multiple scenes in these episodes. You have obviously the Hera and him scene. You have the Ezra and him scene. It's just one after the other. His interactions with people, and even that within the Empire, the way he, at one point like looks at governor price and is like i will deal with you when i arrive and just like the mm. anger that he's you can tell he, the ferocity that he's kind of he's letting go but also holding back a little bit it's so well done ah. <laughs> thrawn you just are just amaze me and it's it's not obviously like ahsoka level my like for thrawn but Ooh. it's like on the there's two spectrums. There's the hero spectrum, and then there's the villain spectrum. Mm-hmm. And at the top of the villain spectrum for me is probably Maul, and Thrawn is like not pushing Vader? up. Uh, Vader is a different story. Very Vader's on a separate category. <laughs> Vader has transcended the spectrum, is what you're exactly. Saying. He's like yeah. Vader is a whole other thing. He is mm. an the icon of icons in all cinema. So yeah. <laughs> Vader is Vader, but like in terms of ones that we can actually judge <laughs> it is it's honestly it, it's like they're just so good between maul in in clone wars versus thrawn in this show is 
It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did it again, but well done. Oops, I did it again. Is what <laughs> Dave Filoni said. And and now you had you have also what's his face freaking uh, Gideon and like Moff Gideon was great. It's incredible. Um, but then also, who did they have as a? He was the big bad that they defeated. Yeah, I, I can't forget where we left off in season two. I can't. I yes. can't even remember anymore uh, because they haven't introduced another big bad behind him yet. Not not yet. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, probably it's probably Thrawn. I would assume, but we'll find out. We will. We will next year. Uh, I have to wait so long. Uh, yeah, I know, but we have other great shows coming soon. So uh, I guess we can say it now that this is, although we have now watched all of the Star Wars shows, at least the animated ones on on this podcast, we will also be talking about all of the upcoming Star Wars shows when they come out. I That shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's no. listened to this show. No. <laughs> Me yelling at Chris to watch a series of animated, like anime Star Wars anthology like episodes just so that we can release it, just so I can watch it. Uh, it's so frustrating yeah. sometimes. <laughs> oh, well. But I'm the logistics guy. So now, uh, now let's maybe talk about some more, you know, character things, maybe. Yes. Good. Sorry, I was just thinking to myself how good Star Wars Visions was. <laughs> I know. Let's all take a moment to remember how great that is. Uh, moment of silence, please. I guess that I don't know how long is a moment. Of <laughs> I, I, I think it's longer than enough. a second, but it's okay. Uh, we can just go on. Uh, we if if people wanted a longer uh, moment of silence, you can just like go back and just pause, pause it, <laughs> whatever. But let's pause talk- it and go watch Star Wars Visions if you haven't yet. Yes, absolutely. Um, so Kanem finally, finally, it happened. <laughs> he died. I know you've been wanting this for seasons. <laughs> yes, I mean for different reasons. <laughs> I just wanted to get rid of him in the beginning, but uh, now it actually had a lot of weight to it, and I, I loved it. I loved the way uh, it was done. I loved the impact of it. Um, I want to talk about the, the everything with Kanem, but first of all, holy fucking shit! When after that happens i thought i had i had like oh wow it's so so touching that zeb like hugs ezra and consolation and then we get this scene with chopper and Hera, and i was like fuck this is the best this is the best moment of this entire show honestly it chills every single time i watch it and now right now thinking about it i have goosebumps right and just like Hera's grief and Chopper going up to her and just grabbing her hand and oh my god so good I it's this show I mean Kanan's a character I mean neither of us really cared for in the first couple seasons but Mm. we really grow to like him by the end of the fourth season and his death is amazing in the set you hinted at it where it has actual impact and not in the way that it just, oh, this character is missing now. It's, we have to logistically find our way around this. It's Yes, it's that, but it's also the characters themselves deal with the grief differently and have actual development that com- comes out of it, and they each develop in their own ways as a result of this change. It is an amazing masterclass in not only how to kill off a character, but how to leave the legacy behind of a character and 
just develop other characters as a result of changes that happen in their lives. And this is the most significant change that could have happened for both Hera and for Chopper. Not Chopper. Yes, also Chopper, but and for Ezra in particular. Yeah, for sure. And we do see them struggle quite a lot, but we'll get to that later. Just Kanan's journey is so interesting to me. It is kind of a shame that they only... That it took so long for them to arrive at a at this point, but I I am just so glad that this happened. Not because I wanted him to die or anything. It's just I think it may just in terms of his character arc, it's a great way to end it, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And you know, it it is this thing where he was always looking. Also, you know, because one of the big thing themes of this show is kind of a sense of belonging and family to an extent, if you want to call it that. And he finally found someone he wanted to save and he did. It's incredible. And I love how it's just so poetic that the title of that episode is Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel so happy because he lives with this insecurity that he actually never finishes training and he's never really considered himself a Jedi. While everyone else around him calls himself a Jedi. And he feels like you can sense this shame or pseudo shame or imposter syndrome that he holds within him. And he kind of ascends to the throne of being a Jedi, an actual Jedi Knight in that moment and in the lead up to it. And also the spirituality that it takes for him to realize that it's happening ahead of time, essentially. And this connection to the force that binds him to the Loth Wolves and Lothal in general. And it's just such an amazing it's a scene that is it's built up very overtly right you know yes. something is coming it's not oh, obvious yeah. it's not, it's obvious he's gonna die in that oh, episode yeah. right but even with that it's really touching i feel and every moment is just like what is going on and it's it's so fascinating i really like that that whole build up to it and often like oh it's a little eye rolly when it happens but especially because it's undercut really nicely with some humor as well, because you have Hera being drugged for a bit and her just being all loopy and funny. And so hilarious. It's I because Hera's like the funniest thing where she's just like, she's so serious. Always. She's the coolest yeah. person. She's a badass. And then she's very the fr- cute when she's high. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. Uh, more high hero please yeah <laughs> i would love that um for me it's also the touching moment is when not the touching moment but like the culminating apex is when he loses his lightsaber mm-hmm. he's just like yeah, and he doesn't even make a, an attempt really to retrieve it it's like ah it's so well done i love it yeah and we get we get a great moment between Hera, like Hera and him not just like the adorableness of it but also just it's, it's like genuinely touching um you know, with their proclamation of love. Yeah. And And what's cool, one of the things that always pisses me off in movies is when there's like, they're running in a chase scene or whatever, and then they stop to make out or what? And it's just like, well, what the fuck is happening? This makes no sense. In this scene, it kind of made sense because it's like, they're waiting for them to arrive. mm -hmm. So they did pause to like, say, I love you and kiss or whatever. And, it isn't it actually works within the the narrative as opposed to other times where it's like oh no you have to be rushing it's just like mm-hmm. i thought it was good and uh, as opposed to other contexts where it's often out of place yeah it's funny how throughout this episode my notes are like i feel like Kane might die in this episode and then it's, yeah i think he's gonna die and then after after that scene is like oh he's totally going to die <laughs> uh 
it's like this thing of uh when when ca- one character says to another i'll see you again and like shortly and it's like nope you won't <laughs> you will die <laughs> Uh, and that was very obvious, uh, but still very well done. And also, you know, as Sabine points out later, his death doesn't e- doesn't just save everyone. It also incom- accomplishes the mission, which is just a great feat. Yeah. It's so good. It's like on so many levels. It's amazing. And uh, you really have to pour one out for Kanan yeah. as the character that we grew to love and who he himself matured and one of the best transformative arcs in ter- in Star Wars in terms of where the character began and where he ended is night and day in so many on so many levels in terms of the quality of the writing of the character but also the journey of the character himself it's really Absolutely. well done he has if not if not like in name definitely by merit he has truly become a jedi master exactly that's in- <sighs> so happy I'm actually really happy for Kanan that he died in that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy to say to me, but one of the more interesting characters of the show. Yeah. I was thinking about like, uh, and like all the things that the show gave us mm. in terms of like, why to watch, why should you watch the show? Why should someone watch the show despite its frustrations? And it's like, you have quite a bit. And the fact that Kanan became one of the positives, it's like, oh, Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. If you had told me that two seasons ago, I would have I would have just laughed in your face. Yeah. And it all I guess goes back to that moment where he like was blinded, I guess. And there's mm-hmm. transform transformations there. And I guess that happens when one is disfigured and one yeah. has to change and develop. So Absolutely. One nitpicky thing about that uh when they're going into the city and they do the gliders, they like they do it on the gliders and like How is he able to do that? Not not even that, but just like Ezra is giving hand signals and it's like, how the hell is, is he seeing that? Oh, good point. I didn't notice this hand signals there. Yeah, because they make it a point of they have to be quiet. So he's using hand signals and not saying anything. There's like, but Kanan is fucking blind. I wonder if that's just for Sabine and not for Kanan. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we'll just knows. let it slide, whatever. Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, speaking speaking of Ezra, he is also we obviously see him grapple with with Ken's death. He's very insecure suddenly without the uh, guidance of of Kanan, which in itself is an interesting development because they definitely had a tenuous relationship throughout. They were, yeah, I mean, Ezra questioned Kanan throughout too, and it's just it was very interesting to see him that disoriented afterwards and i thought that that was like a really nice touch chris i'm gonna say something say something i never thought i'd say mm-hmm. i like ezra like in these mm. episodes i actually like him i don't only to- tolerate him i actually like how he goes through his cycles of humility and learning to let go and this these if you just like erase a lot of the middle of this show Ezra is actually quite a good character in this end here. Mm. Um, and yes, there are, I mean, I know you don't like the wolves and I know you don't like animals in general, but it's, it's just like children. Basically. <laughs> I wonder, you just don't like non adults, uh, adult humans. And even adults. I don't like that much. So. <laughs> actually. Yeah. You don't like people either. So <laughs> I don't like anything. <laughs> I but just I, like you, Rashad, and the listeners. That's thank you very much. I appreciate to be one of the three on the list. But 
it's I really like Ezra here. I like how he has to deal with the grief of his uh, losing his master, how his insecurity bubbles to the surface, how he has to grapple with find not only finding himself, but finding direction. And then he actually finds his own natural leadership instead of being a brat anymore. And he starts to actually command calmly and learn how to interact with his different uh, family members, I guess he would call them, in the way that they respond to best. And I think it's like this this moment in, ter- in the immediate reaction to Kanan's death. Every single character goes on their individual journey in terms of how they reconcile with the grief. And I really like how he learns to be thankful. And one of the things that I really liked is when he's talking to himself when he's looking at his parents' picture and he he talks about how he's thankful for everyone around him and how he can't do everything without them. And this, I mean, obviously we see this from Hera's perspective, looking up at him in sort of um, not admira- admiration to a certain extent. And I just, I just really like that transformation. And you really actually, he becomes a Jedi. He actually starts to become like a Jedi. And so when I really love how when Palpatine goes to tempt Ezra, he gives him the same pitch that he gives to Anakin, where he says, you can save the one that you love. And unlike Anakin, Ezra has the strength to resist and the strength to actually let go. And it's interesting, like when you listen to the world between worlds, so there's all these voiceovers of the things. And one of the things that comes out really hits home, obviously, this is a very Jedi thing, but when Yoda says, you learn to let go of all the things that you fear to lose. Mm. And that's such an oxymoronic thing in terms of the Jedi are supposed to have compassion and love for caring for people, but also don't really care about people in the way that like a normal person would care about people because they are not afraid to lose them. And Ezra kind of graduates, I guess, his Padawan learning with the death of Kanan and the subsequent temptation that Palpatine gives to him that he's able to reject and accept the situation that he lives within and I found that amazing. And the fault of a lot of this show is not, or these episodes even, is not in these episodes. It's in the buildup to these episodes because a lot of these things are missing for a while. Like if you see the beginning of the show, you see a little bit more of how he's reconciling with the loss of his family, et cetera, et cetera. But you kind of miss it in between. And then it comes up again here in these episodes. And it's, I, I thought I really like, actually, I really like Ezra in these uh, series at the end. I think the series has just like the show has just burnt me on Ezra so much that I I totally agree with you, but I can't bring myself to say that I like him overall. So, well, maybe not overall, but in these episodes, I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my ending point with Ezra, where he ends up, I like where he ends up being. It's the journey is not that great. Uh, that's putting it lightly. Yeah, he truly is behaving like a like a actual person with like responsibilities and not just as you said like a brat. And again, if you had told me that like 2 seasons ago, I would have laughed at you. So I I guess there is quite a journey there. It's just like less like le- it's less credible for me just because it t- t- took so long. But I do appreciate what we see here and of course, you know, the temptation scene with Palpatine was was really interesting. Um, I always like the Sith trying to tempt Jedi. It's always an interesting proposition. Yeah, and obviously he doesn't take it. So that that's like an interesting. Uh, as you as you said, like he has more strength than Anakin in some ways, which is crazy to think about. 
I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he is like a more, more, a more rounded person than Anakin, which is crazy. Which makes sense, but it's also crazy. To say. Well, also because he didn't grow up in the Jedi yeah, environment. I think that's probably the way the the crumbling infrastructure of the Jedi was near the end of mm. the the reign was just not really sufficient. Yeah. Probably the moment that I liked Ezra the most though was in his interaction with Thrawn. And yes. how they think they got Thrawn now but he outmaneuvers them immediately and takes like basically the entire city hostage or rather just Yeah, I guess, I guess it's hostage taking. Um Ezra immediately surrenders. And that's just I think that tells you a lot about his character and how much he cares about Lothal. Yeah, he's changed in terms of he learns actual ace some strategy in terms mm. of like have a backup plan to your actual plan, but then also when to give up and when to um, give in and empower others to do what they have to do essentially. Mm -hmm. So, and then of course in the in the very end he kind of spirits himself and thrown away. Um, again, speaking of animals, <laughs> I bringing back believe those space whales or whatever purgles purgles i was just are you f i was like i was ready to throw my laptop at the wall like, <laughs> oh, fuck. this is the deal this is how it ends that's so funny i love it Ugh. i hate i hated it so much <laughs> on one on one hand i liked it but i just like viscerally hated it too if it weren't the those specific whales i think it's you wouldn't have hated it as much I think it's because it's the whales themselves. I think it's just a ridiculous thing to think about. And I like the message of it, like, you know, the natural like I guess I guess part of nature is on your side. That's yeah. It's nice. But still, it's just ah, oh, why? Why the pergles? Poor Chris. I, I was just like just in shock and not in a good way. But whatever. And then he leaves the hologram where he talks about family and home and everything. That was kind of nice. But that's the last time we see Ezra as well, which is interesting. That's fascinating to see where he was. What is he doing? And I mean, who knows if he's alive? Like, conceive presumably he's alive. If But if Thrawn's alive, maybe. Like, yeah. I, it's all confusing. True, and I mean, I, I I was having this horrifying thought that maybe Ezra shows up in the Ahsoka show as well. He probably will. Yeah, I would assume I, he would. I, I hope he's a better character than in this show. I think he's going to be a good character. Like, if you can see where he ends up being, um, I'm sure he'll be great, you know. Because the problem with Ezra was never that he was just too young. It's like if we got Luke, uh, for, episode four Luke for three seasons. Yeah, fair enough. That's what it is. <laughs> That's all that it is, essentially. So, and then his master dies, Luke's master dies, and then he grows up. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. It's the same arc. Mm -hmm. It just happens in one movie versus three seasons of television. Yeah. I much prefer the former. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see whether he will actually make an appearance. I, I I assume he will, but in the meantime, we have other characters to talk about, and you know, and obviously. The person who is as affected by Kane and Steph, uh, if not more, is uh, is Hera, and yeah, again, one one of the most, if not the most, touching scene in Star Wars in in Star Wars Rebels is um, in Star Wars. Period. 
honestly. It's not the most touching, I would Not say. the most, but one of the but most One touching. of the most, for sure. And just, you know, when, when Chopper consoles her. And it's very interesting because you can see it throughout. She's not at the top of her game. Like, it's very interesting that, you know, I think in especially in episode 15, there are times when she is just not with it. And then Sabine steps in, which I thought was a very interesting dynamic. But still, Hera, obviously amazing. She has a lot of great interactions. We we can see her taking a lot of responsibility in the very beginning of these episodes. And yeah, I don't know. It's she's just she's just amazing as always, honestly. And we are already said like hi Hera is is hilarious. So uh nothing but good things to talk about here. I mean, her dealing with the loss of Kanan and feeling responsibility for it is so oh, well, it's so, so well done. Heartbreaking, yeah. It's so, and it's so true. That's how often people feel. It, like the they think of life and time in terms of a butterfly effect, and they feel like their choices that they made at this point, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, are impacting the death of the one that they love because that's where they're desperate to find meaning and and finding reason for things. But yeah, Hera is so good, even from the first beginning of the episode, where the way that the entire empire is aware of Hera's pilot skills. Mm-hmm. It's just so good and just a testament to her skill level as a pilot and as a leader. And she's able to even fight kind of toe-to-toe with Rook for a minute until, like, obviously he is an assassin, master assassin, so he gets to her. But it's incredible. Rook, yeah, it's yeah. that's a character. very satisfying death at the end. Yes. And but she's just so good in everything that she does, honestly. And she's a badass. I love the interaction between her and Thrawn when she's inter- being interrogated by Price, mm-hmm. and the the strength she has with the Calicori and the idea that he'll never, he doesn't deserve it, and her fighting back even if she's getting tortured. And it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I I loved honestly, I loved the. Uh that interaction but especially the very end when when you can see the sadistic side of price which is, i don't care about art and she just like tortures her again yeah that was like a really great piece of writing there yeah, honestly the writing in these episodes have been have, like exploded Definitely stepped up yeah 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 where was this for four seasons come on guys <laughs> seriously seriously way too late like they were definitely if if Rebels had been at the at the stand like at the like quality of this season. This show would have had more than four seasons. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and definitely four better seasons. So, well, if you think about it, the second half of season three is also really good. If we yeah, remember that, true. so it's really the first half of the show is bad. The second half of the show is good, it's or better. I guess it's it's better <laughs> is two and a half seasons of the first season. Yeah. No, I I'd, I'd even say that. This season has been good. Like what? There's yeah, there's yeah, lulls, true. but like every show has good lulls. Even Mandalorian has lulls, and we love Mandalorian to death. So like, I'd I'd say that like this season and the second half of season three have been good. Mm. I mean, not excellent, but good. And I guess it's two and a half seasons of not good stuff, uh, <laughs> anyway. minus the end of season two. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a true. conversation. Yeah. Oh man, Hera's so good. Yeah, and you know who else is good? Chopper. Chopper's again great. He saves Hera's life twice in episode nine. 
he is always there for her she he consoles her he's he's not like mvp like we don't see him like saving the day as much in these episodes he's like kind of sidelined but he's just always amazing i'm always so happy to see him they really found the perfect recipe for chopper in these episodes because it's not too deus ex machina i guess they found whales for that but it's (laughs) it's it's just like heartbreaking and he does still save the day sometimes and is just like a companion and is defends her in a way that we've never seen a droid this amazing, like in terms of how mm-hmm. he interacts with that way and with his, with his uh, family, I guess it's just so good. I love chopper in, in, in every episode and every episode throughout this show, we have, I think, said, I love Chopper. Like, Chopper is just, like, the best. Yeah. He is the MVP of Star Wars Rebels in general. Mm-hmm. But overall, he's just... I really love Chopper, and his relationship with Hera is, mm. is unmatched. It's so good. I, lo- I love it so much. And I hope they will make an appearance in Bad Batch again, and possibly the Ahsoka show. That would become amazing. If we get to see live-action Chopper... Holy fucking shit. I would lose my shit. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So good. But speaking of Mandalorians as well, we, uh, uh, Sabine, as I said, she really steps up her game here in terms of leadership within the rebellion or rather within this little band of rebels, I suppose. Um, she's not as present in the beginning, but she's, she's like always there. She's part of the mission. She, you know, she does a lot of things with Ezra, and has so for the last season and a half maybe uh but without the cringy flirting quote-unquote flirting that ezra does in the beginning of of the show so i think their relationship has definitely found its place as well and just yeah she she is not she has grown so much in the last this this season in particular honestly like so I had forgotten that they were they did that flirty bullshit stuff in the beginning. That was absolutely insane. The fact that they went from that to this, mm. what they what they did basically is they took Zeb instead of like brotherly fighting with with Ezra, make him one of the adults because that makes sense. And Sabine and Ezra are the children essentially, and they're working together to do things. And that's I don't, that alone in and of itself is a great transition, and it makes so much sense. And Sabine, I love how she the whole arc of this season or is Sabine and Ezra learning to grow and take responsibility for themselves and actually act and be yeah. become adults. This is the coming of age of both Sabine and Ezra. So you have to understand Sabine's arc with Ezra's arc in this season. And I really like how, as you alluded to earlier, Sabine takes responsibility from like as Hera is a little bit down in these episodes. And she does it so well. And we see how Sabine in the in the previous episodes was resistant or reluctant to actually take up the mantle of leadership. And it is in these moments in the aftermath of Kenan's death that she actually does become a leader and learns to become the leader that she is meant to be. And it is amazing how every single one of these characters, or not every single one, but a lot of these characters have had great arcs. And her arc was... Basically, she didn't really care that much. She wasn't really that invested. You never really saw much about her until the point where she now is integral to everything that's happening and is spearheading now the search for Ezra. And it's incredible. So I really liked how she 
came into her own over the course of this entire season. Yeah, and I think her her search for Ezra is also something that I find very intriguing. Not not just because she does it with Ahsoka, but I think that just goes to show their their like newfound relationship um, between Ezra and Sabine. A Sabine Ahsoka show where they just run around searching for Ezra is a perfect show because it doesn't really have Ezra, but it has those two, and they're just running around doing stuff. Yeah, and it, it also brings brings them closer to Bo-Katan, both of them, in a way, you know, which is really interesting. You have the Mandalorian connection there straight away. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that I, I thought was just like, I think my, my personal highlight with Sabine in terms of her relationship with Ezra is in episode, f- in episode 15 where Hera is just very worried about Ezra and Sabine is just, she's confident that he knows what he's doing and that that would never have happened like a few episodes ago even or like last season. Yeah, and I like how their communication is silent. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. Yeah, they, they just have this greater sense of determination that just, and of course, like maturation, of course, uh, as well. You know, where they, they do grow into, they do grow up over the course of the show. And that's kind of a great payoff here. God, overall, these episodes are quite good. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, unfortunately, we don't get, again, we don't get a lot of Zeb here, but um, we do have like some great moments, as I mentioned, the the um, when he embraces Ezra uh, after Kanan's death. Uh, I thought particularly funny was the interaction with uh, with Rook, especially when Zabine and Zeb are just <laughs> looking at him. Like, oh, he looks like a baby rancor and all of that. Was he's looking directly at me? Oh, oh. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, but sadly, not nothing in terms of character development. But you know, he killed Rook. That's good. That's 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 pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I do like his relationship with Callus, though. That's cool. That yeah, they have this friendship right. that goes to the point where he kind of, re- not redeems himself, but realizes that he didn't exterminate the entire Lasan um, pe- population. So mm-hmm. it's great. I, 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 Zeb is fine. And I think that they realized what to do with Zeb in the sense that they can't cram too many things into too many episodes. And... And making Zeb just this mature kind of guy who's always around, helping the helping the group and connected to everything is fine. I'm happy about that. So I guess now that we've watched all of the, all, 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 like the entirety of the show, we we should talk about how we rank all of the main characters. Yes, yes, because we yes. did so throughout these uh, seasons, and now it's time. And the funny thing is that now, like at the first season, most of them are negative, and for me at least, in the second, in at the end, most of them will be positive. And it's a very interesting way that we learn to uh, rank them. But my question is this for you: It's a logistical question. Are we ranking based on where they are or where they ended, or are we ranking the entire show into their like their character arc? Because those are two different rankings. Oh, that's a very good question. I, w- I was thinking just over the entirety of the show. Because I was thinking just where they are now. <laughs> uh, oh my god. You're, you're, are you making me put Ezra not on pl- number six? Because I think that's I think that's <sighs> makes sense in terms of like... Sure. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you, don't, you can still keep Ezra six if you want. But <laughs> that makes it... Uh, I mean, Kane is dead, so <laughs> he's number six. <laughs> just automatically 
Uh, no, I, I guess, I guess I'm, I guess I'm ready. Okay. Um, oh, fuck. I hate that I do this. Uh, yeah, I guess my number six is Zeb. Yeah. Just same. Because he doesn't have that much of a character development. Unfortunately, he is always there. I would have loved to see more of him, more of his character development, more of his backstory, maybe take charge more like Sabine does, but it's just, it's just not enough. I would have loved to put him before Ezra, but sadly i can't with good conscience after the uh this pretty good season for ezra um so that's why zeb unfortunately is my number six but i still like him more than ezra <laughs> yeah i think you're you're uh you hold a lot of hatred in your heart for a long period of time towards ezra so yes it's not gonna go away easily it's been building up for three seasons what can i tell you yeah i think i'm very i'm just like much more forgiving <laughs> than yeah, you are. I, i'm not forgiving Remind me never get on your bad side. No, it's really like if you're out, you're out. That's <laughs> that's truly the case. Hey, um, Kanan made it in, so that's true. Yeah, it's not, but also I guess Ezra is not a is not an adult, so <laughs> oh, <that's> true. <laughs> He's been fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, and he, I mean, Kanan died, so he died to get on your good side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it it is indicative of his greater character arc, but yeah, my number five is Ezra. Yeah, it's no, no surprise. He should probably be more higher, but I just can't bring, can't bring myself to do that. So yes, he changes a lot through this last season, and I I can can acknowledge that. Um, in terms of how much I like him, he would definitely be number six. But I do have to appreciate, I guess, his his arc and his his development because it is there. It does happen, and he is not annoyed like as annoying anymore. Not really annoying in general in this season just like a few moments a few lapses if you will um i'm actually also putting ezra number five Ooh, yeah i think there's just a huge gap for me between six and the top five <laughs> and i feel bad for i feel so bad for zeb saying yeah. this because i like zeb i really do like zeb but i actually like all these other characters like a little bit more because there is more to them and it's yeah zeb six ezra five at this moment yeah and um, number four is Kanan. Probably in terms of um, weight of the show, should be higher up too. But again, there is some legacy <laughs> in the first few seasons. But his arc is is incredible. Uh, he has kind of arrived and then went away immediately. Not immediately, but very quickly afterwards. Um, I like the new Kanan a lot. And um, yeah, probably the biggest character development throughout this show. Who'd have thought that in the end I would almost get him into my top three? But I guess we are we are doing a top four in a sense now. So he is in there. It's honestly it's ridiculous. I am so torn. Right. But between for me, these top five or the top four in particular, it just gets harder and harder to pick between them. I am just like ugh, it's it's well well done by the show, honestly. Giving us like by the end four really good characters, like that's that's a, that's a win, honestly. Um, and I think, with all that said, I have to put also Kanan for. <laughs> yeah, he's so good though. But he is, and I'm like, I think to myself, oh, should I put Sabine under him? No, because I really like Sabine. Should I put Chopper? Fuck no, I'm not putting Chopper below. <laughs> and like Hera, no, not, not even a question. Not even a question. I'm just like, 
it's just so tough. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, good good job by the show by making this difficult for us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's definitely the most difficult it has been uh, in comparison to all of the other rankings we did. But that's how it should be after the end of the show, you know? My number three is Chopper, just because uh, he's great, but he is kind of, yeah, I don't know. He, do, he does have a lot of great moments. It's not just... As you, as you mentioned, it's they have definitely changed. They definitely know what to do with him now. The tonality shifted. Like he used to be basically just comic relief, and now we get like amazing scenes with him. I mean, we've been gushing about one particular scene today twice already, but you know there is some emotional like impact with him as well. To do all of that with a character that doesn't talk, that only has a tone of voice, and not even like a voice an actual voice is incredible the way he emotes with his like little arms is just astounding my number three is sabine yeah i thought so <laughs> and it's sabine is great all these characters i love them so much and i'm not gonna say anything negative about sabine so i i just love her arc how she learns responsibility uh, obviously she's mandalorian so she's like has a lot of benefit <laughs> of the doubt there yeah and on top of that though like She's just amazing. Like, ah, fuck. I love, like, I would, I would name, like, a daughter of mine, Sabine. Like, she's mm. fucking awesome. I love it. Or so Hera we have Sabine, well. Sabine, Ahsoka, and Yavin now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't forget Hera. Hera, of course. So we have four <laughs> children. Ch- Chopper. Chopper. <laughs> Oof. Better get started, mate. Um, oh, man. Imagine. <laughs> Chopper. Damn. That's a great name, Hera Chopper. Hera Chopper. Oh my god, that would be that's definitely better than Albus Severus. Let me tell you that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, my number two is Sabine, um, ranking above Chopper just because she does have an incredible arc. She's definitely like her character has definitely picked up in basically the show went went into like a really good direction once they did a lot of things with her, like coincidentally, which is kind of great. Yeah, just her character growth is is probably second only to Kanan. I mean, I guess Ezra is also high up there, but uh, I don't like Ezra, so here we are. Uh, just it's it's incredible how she grapples with her responsibility of her past actions, how she takes responsibility in the present. It's it's just great, and I I think you know we get to see her like grow up in the uh, over the course of especially the last two seasons and. I just hope we get to see more of her in the future and I want to kind of see what person she grows into. I wonder if she'll show up in Mando season three. That would be so cool. Mandalorian connection there. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the Darksaber and everything, everything that'd be interesting. So cool, honestly. But my number two is Chopper. Oh, for a second, I was like, don't you dare. It, right, so it means we have Hera, both of us, number of one. Yeah. And I don't think there's really a doubt no. because she is the fucking bomb, honestly. And when they added high Hera and sad Hera in the episodes, <laughs> it just like blew it over the top for me because Hera is always like a leader. She's strong. She's, she's the best person you want in any situation, honestly. And then you add like funny Hera when she's like drugged up. And you add the, her dealing with grief and actually being off her game and showing some vulnerability and relying on her friends. And I'm just like, Hera, you are a goddess. Also, 
low key, how amazing is that that like all of our favorite characters are, are like the yeah, female characters sure. in this shows, and it's not like we are playing it up for any reason. It's just like these are the best characters from these all of these shows. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Well done, honestly. So well done, and especially in kind of a kind of a medium that's always been not not a medium, but like a narr- sort of narrative that kind of. You know, representation has definitely increased since A New Hope. For sure. For so, sure. <laughs> come a long way. and it's Well, incre- with that said, Empire Strikes Back is is a quite relatively good in terms of, like, Leia's portrayal in that movie and Leia's strength that she evolves. Like, I, Leia's a great character in Episode 5. It's, Absolutely, but she is the only female character. She's the, Yeah, she's the only female character, but she's also a very strong female mm. character in that way. Um, episode six is a, a turn for the worse, obviously. <laughs> Oof, yeah. But uh, it's there is precedence for having strong female leads in Star Wars. To what extent Star Wars lives up to its episode five expectations hmm. is hit and miss, often miss. But here we have examples in both the Clone Wars and Rebels of you know female leads really just taking it over the top and being the best characters to come out of these shows if not star wars at like mm. period and don't forget bad batch too yes oh my god oh my god i love omega so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah so many great characters absolutely i don't understand like, i don't think like you can watch star wars anymore and not watch the animated stuff it's yeah i don't get it it's like required viewing at this point I know, I know that in this discussion, I like this show more than you like it. Yes. I think it's because I am more forgiving of the lows because of the highs. Because the end of season two is great. The end of season three is really good. This end of season, I think, is also good. I think there is, like, quite... They end every season, like, other than the first season. I don't even remember the ending for that. Um, Quite on a high. And there are just, like, middles that are just blah. And I am inherently more forgiving than you are for that and so i i, I know that i would like this show more and i think that one of the reasons why i like this show into or respect the show on top of the fact that i like it is that the list of characters that they had to create is i think they were working a lot harder than clone wars had to i still okay Clone Wars is a better show in my mind still. Yeah. I think Clone Wars even has higher highs, but also things that you didn't watch. I think Clone Wars has lower lows than than Rebels. But Oof. <laughs> I'm really glad we didn't watch these episodes. Yeah, the they're... lows were lower than the lows of this show. Yes, they are. I, like, Thank you I, so much for sparing me. You're very welcome. And I think that um but with that said, it was built on characters that we mostly on characters that we had investment already in and it introduced other main characters right but alongside the characters that we liked and this show basically had to start from scratch and over the course of the show developed at least four really good characters and clone wars did that as well right but I mean, obviously, Rex and Ahsoka are the apex of the Clone Wars, the characters born out of Clone Wars. And mm. I guess you can say Maul is also kind of born out of Clone Wars because it's sure. not really. He counts. Yeah, but also on that side, I guess Thrawn is on the side, but like on, on the rebel side. So there it's it actually I do respect their ability to create these characters, work in a world that although has quite low lows, still maintains like not as high as Clone Wars. 
obviously. Like, you don't have anything as beautifully done as the Umbara arc. You don't have anything nearly as done as, like, the Siege of Mandalore. You don't have, like, these beautiful moments that exist, like, in those shows that you do with this. But with all that said, I, I, I know I like this show more than you do. I still rank it below Clone Wars. And I, I think it's too early to compare it to Bad Batch, but I guess below Bad Batch as well. You uh you took away my la my ending question so thank you for that yeah so I I didn't like the show that much as I have uh, moaned about continuously throughout this uh this run of episodes I'm sorry everyone for being so down but I just it didn't click with me I do appreciate the end the last uh, one and a half seasons as we talked about have been pretty good I don't think honestly the highs were as high not not even close to Clone Wars but there were some pretty good highs I, I'll give you that. In the end, as we just talked about, I liked most of the main characters, at least eventually. Never Ezra, but, you know, he's a special case, I would say. There was a lot of character development way too late, I think. They, they, I feel like they eventually decided what to do with the characters, but that was just like after the first two seasons, basically. And talking about characters, they, they did kind of an interesting, you know, with some characters, like bringing back uh, established characters you know sometimes it worked like with maul and obi-wan and bo-katan but sometimes it just totally didn't work for example like ha uh hondo is the prime example but also lando definitely was a train wreck um thron obviously a great antagonist uh not just when it comes to star wars just like generally he's amazing definitely one of the best things to come out of the show um and just you know of course we've now seen all of the um other animated shows so it's difficult not to compare them and like just structurally i just didn't like it the way they handled it in rebels and to an extent with bad batch though bad batch was way shorter so it's not that uh it it's, it's it doesn't bother me that much but it's just i like it when there are arcs like arcs of multiple episodes and we barely had that in rebels which is definitely something that i realized is like a big thing for me so i just like like the structure of clone wars way more than of rebels and yeah i've been thinking about it i'm not sure i will ever rewatch the show and i'm now glad i have seen it maybe i'll just watch some highlight reels for certain characters or anything but if you tell if you ask me what do you want to watch clone wars or uh, rebels mandalorian or rebels i will always pick not rebels uh, but having said that it's it's an you know it's been an interesting journey to go through with all of these characters and with you and I'm just glad now we're kind of caught up and we we uh, have watched all of the star wars content out there uh and are kind of now on the same level of knowledge more or less yeah i think my it's my mistake in some ways because i should have catered this this show like i did with clone wars and i think that would have changed your image of it a lot because especially when you said oh it took them two seasons to do character development it took them three three and a half seasons to start character development in clone wars so like yeah. it's just that we didn't watch any of it right so i think that that's partly my fault in terms of oh actually i should have removed episodes like the melu run episode or like some of the other more useless things that happened in the first couple seasons and sort of cater what we watch 
And I mean, I don't think that it still would change its place in terms of the rankings. I th- I still think it is an inferior show to the shows we've mentioned in the past. And I think that's about right. This show is more important to watch in terms of what it gives us in terms of what we understand about characters in this universe about the the ways like there's interesting stuff that happened that have consequences to how we understand the future content that we're going to be consuming so i'd still recommend it as a watch i don't just don't get your hopes up too high in terms of its content maybe skip around if you'd like and focus on the things that are the highest as the high the highs i guess as opposed to you know skipping if an episode seems boring just flip it if you don't really enjoy it but I think it's still something that should be watched so that you can, especially as we get further and further into the Filoni-verse of Star Wars live action content, which is going to come next year in full blast. So as a, with all that said, I, I, I not, I'd, if I were to say whether or not like, oh, did I like or not like the show? I think I'd still say I like it. And I think that's because of the highs and because of the, the it's working with the Star Wars bump for me. Of course, mm. and I'm I'm not I'm unbi- I'm not biased. Oh, sorry, but I'm not unbiased there. But I think it's a good show, and I not a good show. Wait, hold up, it's a show I enjoy watching, and I I think similar to you, the best way to rewatch this show is certain YouTube clips of things that happen in the show, Chopper moments, Hera moments, Sabine moments, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You stay away from all the Ezra moments, <laughs> or Thrawn like stuff like that as well, and. I'm excited to see how they build on this show moving forward and now to find more Easter eggs in watching the rest of the stuff. Yeah, that's the thing uh, that has me very excited. I'm definitely going to rewatch Mandalorian in kind of preparation for the Boba show that's coming out at the end of <clears throat> at the end of September. Uh and I'm sure I will get a lot more Easter eggs. And I guess I guess you know that's going to be the next Star Wars thing to talk about, but we also have more things in store. Uh, we will drop it uh, a teaser for that very, very shortly. I'm very excited for this. We will, we will, we will still kind of keep up the Star Wars coverage, but we also want to do other things with Siri hooked, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. So thank you everyone for tuning in, going through this journey of the Star Wars animated series with us. And next up, it's the live action series that are coming out, and. The mystery project. But if you've made it this far with us and have listened to the show and liked it and want to support us, Rashad, what can people do to help? Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, tell us how we're doing. Or Spotify, if you're listening on that, just like recommend us. Uh, also, word, word of mouth, obviously, if you're friends that are into Star Wars or what we're doing here, just generally tell them. Uh, share them share an episode with them and then we will they will get hooked see what i did there um but if you want to reach out to us uh, and share some some insights or opinions if you have feedback for the show uh you know there are a few ways you can do that uh, and what's the best way to go about that seriallyhooked.com that's all our website has all of our contact information uh, social media emails there's a form on the website if you want to reach out as well so please send us a message you might have missed but now you might appreciate having watched rebels please and this is that you have to go watch rogue one for this and Mm -hmm. 
in Rogue One, you actually see the ghost fighting in um, Scarif, the Battle of Scarif. Ooh, right? nice. And then you also see Chopper rolling around in the backgrounds. Of... <gasps> yes! <laughs> oh my god. Oh so my god. go back and keep your eye Yes, Damn. right? Damn! <laughs> I love that. <laughs>